What do we say, fam? Welcome to Simplexity. My name is Sammy Foster, joined with my co-host, Robert Campbell Smart. How you doing today, buddy? I'm doing quite well. Thank you for asking. Love it. Love it. Yeah. I'd uh, like to start this episode off by spotlighting your shirt. Yeah? Are you uh, admiring it? I certainly am. Thank you very much. For those of you that don't know, that is the shirt that he decided to rock when he was campaigning the, the other week. Yeah. Um, that uh, he used the slogan, Vote Smart, yes. while trying to wear that shirt. And so I believe that it probably raised a lot of questions. I don't think so. I, I actually wore this shirt very intentionally um, because I'm proud of it. And I think that our viewers, let me know what you think. Yeah, is I'd it, like is to it know worthy of being brutally mocked by... Uh, my esteemed friend here. I, I don't, don't think, think that so. he thought about rocking it underneath of that jacket either. I think there's a lot of issues at hand here. I think it works. I, <laughs> well, that's obvious. Listen, you, we'll save your fashion talk for another week. <laughs> I know you're looking forward to that. <laughs> but um, but with Thanksgiving around the corner, yes. we're gearing up for that. You Are you excited about Thanksgiving? Do yeah. You, do you like, like, does this kick you into the holiday gear? Yeah, it does. Uh huh. My response was not very um, convincing. <laughs> emphatic there. No. I do. I I like Christmas more. I I enjoy Thanksgiving. Yeah, but I I sort of feel like this week is like the the pregame, or a little bit of the the segue into the Christmas season. The appetizer. Yes. Yeah. Get ready. Yeah. Yeah. No, I enjoy it. Yeah. I enjoy the uh-huh. holidays. Okay. Yep. Yeah. But with that being the case, mm-hmm. um. In order to help get everyone into the Thanksgiving spirit, I've got a little Thanksgiving trivia for everyone, but primarily for you, because I'll be asking you the questions. But you can play along at home. Yes, you can. To test your Thanksgiving knowledge. Uh, So it's only a few questions, but I'm going to ask them. Here we go. Question one. What did the balloons take the place of when introduced in the 1928 Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade? Oh, I actually might know this answer. Yeah? Did they take place of paper mache (laughs) statues? Um, Not even close. (laughs) Nope. Uh, It's actually live zoo animals. Okay. Not paper mache animals. It was way off. Yeah, close. (laughs) (laughs) It It was just the level of like certainty <laughs> not certainty but but the fact that you thought it was yeah paper I, I i okay so. here's another one i do watch the macy's day parade parade yeah. every year and um uh the gentleman that is the nbc weatherman do we know who we're talking who i'm talking about no i would like um you to find that he's the black gentleman that lost all the weight he looks incredible now but he is major he's a fixture he's a host of the macy's day parade and his name is <laughs> it's coming don't worry we'll circle back let's go <laughs> yeah, well, after consulting the the brain room yes our fact checkers okay quick side note mm-hmm. do you call it i feel like you're the kind of guy to call it turkey day yes i do you call it turkey yes day? i do I, yeah yeah that, sorry i know i see that i know that puts me al roker Love me some Al Roker. Okay. He's got an incredible eyeglass game. Hmm. Yeah. 
he changes from you know blues to reds to yellows to but he's very informative and educational during the Macy's Day Parade every year. So he he spits out some incredible facts, like what? of which I thought maybe he said that the balloons were a replacement for oh. paper mache statues. Okay. Um, how many turkeys? <laughs> meanwhile, how many turkeys do Americans prepare each Thanksgiving? Well, I'm I don't know if you're aware of this. But 88% of people that eat Thanksgiving meals eat turkey. Okay. So based off of that percentage that you just randomly knew for some reason, (laughs) how many turkeys does that correlate to? I'm going to say 28 million. Hmm. 46 million. Wow. Okay. The percentage huh. did not help. Right. What president refused to declare Thanksgiving a holiday? Gerald Ford. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas Jefferson. Mm-hmm. You know why? Why? Hates turkeys. Did he really? Just kidding. It was about separation of church and state in Ignorant. his mind. <laughs> you know why? Tom, Tom had, had some weird perspectives. Come on, Tom. I know. All right. Um... Last question. I don't want to do that one, actually. Why? I, actually, all the viewers want that one now. It's a it's a lame one. Let's try it anyway. All right. We got time. Flip it back. What food did the colonists and Native Americans not have at the first Thanksgiving? That's a dumb one. You did this. I tried to warn you, but you don't trust me. They did not have ham. They didn't have turkey. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Oh, man. Okay. All right. Last one. But did they have ham? (laughs) I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. I mean, maybe. Maybe they had, had, like, boar. (laughs) Okay. Um, What professional football team has played almost every Thanksgiving since 1934? Dallas Cowboys. No. Hold up. Mm. Hold up. Wait a minute. You should know this. Denver Broncos. Oh, wow. Redskins? I'm disappointed. That's that's enough. Really? Who? Detroit Lions. You're right. Yeah. Cuz they And they and they consist. <laughs> that's right. And uh, and the better question would be when's the last time they won? Yeah. 1934. <laughs> no, it's been a while. Yes, it has. Okay, that's all I got. You did pretty well, I think. Mm-hmm, I appreciate um, it. How'd you do at home? I think Let the best know. question was what food they didn't have yeah. that you were just going to blow right on by. Yeah. I did not know that. Becca, did you know that? Mm. We, we went to school today, young man. Yes, we did. Class was in session. <laughs> and with Thanksgiving just around the corner, you know what that means. Yes, I do. It means that a lot of kitchen tables are going to have a fair amount of people pretending to be grateful. Isn't it sad? It is sad. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not being I'm not being facetious. It's it, it's sad when you step back, you consider, you know, what we have, what we've been blessed with, the incredible nation that we live in. I know we can speak and speak and speak and speak about moral decline, the problems herein, 
politics, all the matters that we've been speaking about. Yep. But yet when you do step back and realize, wait a minute, we, we, we have been given so much. It is a sad day that there is such a pretending of gratitude mm -hmm. and thankfulness. And I believe, truth be told, this, the, the complexity that we're talking about is, is, is a result of that we have a systemic problem in and among our society that causes us to have to pretend because of our lack of gratitude. That's a, that's a real problem. And I think, you know, Thanksgiving, we rally to celebrate what we're grateful for, but the emphasis that we need to place on pretending is really spotlighting the deficit that we're operating in. Yeah, and it's, it's funny compared to, you know, human history, how, how much physically and materially we have to be grateful for. I know people listening are in a variety of socioeconomic situations, but even so, I was, I was researching kind of this topic on the front end. Did you know that ice used to be a luxury? I did not. Just having ice in, in your beverages. Like uh. that's something that you had to be an aristocrat or yeah. an aristocrat. <laughs> um, that was that was a thing reserved for loyalty, loyalty, royalty, um, because it was so cumbersome and expensive right. to transport yeah. and to harvest, if you will. Yeah. Um, we live, we live like kings. No doubt. Back in antiquity. I mean, I would argue we live better than kings. I mean, yeah. the fact that, hey, they didn't have conditioned air. They didn't have nearly the luxuries that we have, whether it's by way of transportation and or just comforts in which we use daily in our living rooms and bedrooms. They didn't have the foods that we eat. They didn't have the plethora of selection of drinks and um, they, they couldn't travel you that, know? that we can, <laughs> the selection of drinks that you can pull up uh, in a moment. Hmm. I think I want this delivered to me. No like, doubt. No <laughs> doubt. Crazy. It's delivered to your doorstep, whether you arrive at the restaurant, we're just in the food category, mm -hmm. but the arena of luxuries that we partake of on the daily far, far is, is far superior to even what royalty were privy to back in antiquity and had a real succinct rhyme to it. It did. did. You catch that. But I think one of the issues right now that makes this matter of gratitude really, really complex is because we, in one sense, as I just said, there would be a degree or a a portion of our population that would really commend the idea that we should be grateful, mm -hmm. that we should be thankful people, that they, they are intentional about recounting their blessings and considering what they have. And so they remain grateful. But then I would say the lion's share of noise that you and I hear and people hear and that we are told and inundated with and sold on an hourly basis is that we should not settle with thankfulness hmm. and gratitude because there's so much more to get. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really a, just a cultural banner that we are hearing on the daily, consciously and subconsciously. And 
Yet in so believing, we are becoming more and more neglectful of all of those privileges and luxuries that we have. Yeah. It's almost like gratitude, contentment, satisfaction is something to be disregarded or even looked down on. Um, I think about that even from a career standpoint, like it's great to have goals, ambitions, ways to proceed in your profession or your career. Right. But I can't tell you how many number of times <laughs> I've been asked like, oh, so what do you do? And I tell them that I work at the church and in my role specifically. And it's almost met with a level of, huh, what else you got planned? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. And it's like, Excuse me. Yeah. Um, like, no, you shouldn't be satisfied with where you're at. Yeah. You need to be striving for more. You need to, you need to don't settle for where totally. you're at. And I think, I think that along, that's always rubbed me the wrong way. A little yes. Bit. Yes. Well, well, one of the things that I believe causes people to, to question, is that all there is, is because I think a lot of people with ambitions and aspirations, they look at somebody that has found their purpose and cannot in their mind's eye, really come to grips with it or are satisfied with, huh, that's really, that's really awesome that you're in your pocket. You've really found what makes you come alive and you really understand now your calling because people have equivalated calling with you make enough money mm -hmm. to buy stuff and then you find contentment. That's why they look at church work and go, that can't get you enough money. Yeah. So you can't get things. So how can you really, really be content? Mm -hmm. Because that's what we've equivalated gratitude with. The acquiring of enough that really then causes us to be content. Like, like, like think about it, you know, going back to you and I sort of mid-rashing over this idea of luxuries. You and I on the daily walk over to chilled boxes in our kitchens, swing them wide where it's filled with, I mean, any. Your and, and yogurts and yogurts cheese and dairies sticks. and meats and cheeses and different proteins and different, you know, eggs and on and on and on. And we have the luxury of standing there and we say, there's nothing there to eat. <laughs> yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. So then at our beck and call, we can have something delivered, whatever your fancy is, to your doorstep. If if you don't if you don't want to, or if you you desire to leave the house, oh, all we do is we get up and we walk out. We sit on leather, mm -hmm. like we, we. I don't know anybody sitting on cloth still, <laughs> pulpers. Yeah, and so you sit on leather. You know how many cows had to die to cushion your and my rear end, and wherever we go, I've got a stat for that actually. <laughs> I think about it. We drive, people serve us, mm -hmm. serve us, and, and make sure that our every need is met. We have closets the size of bedrooms, and we walk down and we say, there's nothing in here to wear. Like, when is it ever enough? And we think, just keep moving, keep acquiring, keep, keep getting, and finally, you'll, you'll arrive at this utopia planet mm -hmm. called contentment. And then, and then you're happy. It's a lie. It's a lie. But we're sold that. That's why we have to pretend sitting around the Thanksgiving table that we're grateful. Mm -hmm. Because we have bought that lie that's made our lives really complex. And as a result, we've become really discontent.
Yeah. And there's always more to strive for. 100%. Um, you know, we talked about, I don't want to throw Tom, Tom Brady under the bus <laughs> for too long, but perhaps that's part of the reason why it's never enough. I got to go back in. Right. You know, picture perfect life, marriage, wealth. Totally. Still not enough. There's a video of him from a number of years ago. He was being interviewed. He had several rings at this point, I believe. And the guy was, the, the interviewer asked him something along the lines of, how does it feel mm. to be a, a world champion? Yeah. And he just said, there's got to be something more. Jeez. Right. This was years ago. Unreal. Um, and I think that that points to the fact that when it comes to contentment or gratitude or, or soul satisfaction, there has to be more than simply the material aspect of it. Right. So that's why it is never enough. Totally. That's why you always have to aspire to a higher level of your career or more money to buy more material things, whatnot. Yeah. Um, and so there is that aspect of kind of the, the more transcendent or the supernatural, if you will, that I think people are starting to realize that that's a component yes. of satisfaction. They don't really know exactly how that works out, but they're trying different things. Absolutely. I, you know, you know, one of the things that must be recognized is that, you know, comfort creates complacency and comfort creates apathy. So when you have cush all around you all the time, and you have whatever you want at your beck and call, it really does have a gravitational pull to pull you into, I need to up this somehow. Because as scripture says, you know, heaven and hell are, are never full and the eyes of man are never satisfied. And the reality is, is that you and I do live with a compulsion for more. That's the, I think that's part of a, a sinful nature and an, and an ingredient of it, that we do constantly have to up the game of comfort where there is not gratitude and an intentionality to consider these things that I have have been given me by an incredible creator. I'm blessed. I feel a gratitude for it. I know who to attribute it to. Because if that is not there, then the only thing you are left with is, is typically the intrinsic cravings of your and my soul and our need for more. So I, I think that it's a double-edged sword. We are sold not to be thankful while at the same time we're very, very comfortable. Those have a compounding effect. We have been groomed in a culture that everything's made you know to our luxury our privilege our comfort we've gotten used to it and then we're told on top of it don't settle for that mm -hmm. while while now we're realizing wait a minute gratitude has a whole lot to do a whole lot less to do with acquiring and a whole lot more to do with my soul yeah i absolutely agree with that and i think that's part of the reason why we have so many people in an attempt to um find soul satisfaction are trying to have an experience with the transcendent. Totally. Totally. I think in our culture right now, there is a, a real swell, if you will, and an uptick on people trying to satisfy their soul in the supernatural. And I'm not even talking about Christianity or, um, uh, a form of religion. Uh, but you know, this is why there's, an emphasis on yoga and meditation, humanism, Pilates, mm -hmm. 
all these various sort of Eastern mysticisms that people don't want to really ascribe to the religion. Yeah. They just really want to ascribe to the part that might satisfy the, the heart cry of their soul and really, you know, the ache that they have. And really, it's their attempt to find contentment. And I just want to say that I really believe that contentment sits on the seed of gratitude, that you can only be content when you're first grateful. But um, I could preach on that all day long, and maybe I will. <laughs> but I think this is really as a previous addict, you know, um, I did not want to hear anything about the gospel or my parents' faith. And so I did my own thing. At the same time, I had a deep, deep discontentment in my soul. And so my attempt to satisfy that, I didn't have wounds that I was trying to cover. I didn't have hurts and I didn't have dad issues and I didn't have all this type of stuff. What I did have was a deep discontentment that drove me to try to satisfy it somehow. My satisfaction was found temporarily in heroin. I needed to numb it out so that I didn't feel so discontent and, and, and really like there, I need to find something. I felt like I was constantly looking for something to numb out like this cry that was from the deep recesses of who I was. And I found that an addiction. I, I think many people start to dabble in various forms of <clears throat> drugs and substance so as to numb that feeling mm -hmm. of discontentment that becomes an addiction. But it's all the same. It's all looking for contentment that many times sits on the seat of gratitude. Yeah. And so to our point, it does come down to a soul issue. Mm -hmm. This is much more spiritual than it is practical. I do think there's practical ways that we can cultivate gratitude, but I think gratitude at its deepest root is a spiritual matter. Yeah. This is why there's a scripture in, in, in Psalm 33. Um, David says, but I have calmed and quieted myself. I am like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child. I have weaned my soul. Or he goes on to say, I am content. Hmm. Like he mastered his soul and he, and he likened his soul unto like a child that's constantly craving milk like that's nursing, like, and it won't be satisfied until you put something in its mouth. <laughs> so he said, I have told my soul, be quiet. And I have quieted it because I won't let it master me. I know how to master it. And so what David was saying is, is that until you realize that you have a soul problem, you'll try very trivial ways to fix what yeah. you perceive are other problems. Yeah. And so, um, it does boil down to a soul issue. And I think that's why we sit around Thanksgiving table, we pretend, that's why we go through life and we're discontent, that's why we feel a need to buy more, bigger, better, shinier, newer, on and on and on, neglecting the fact that if you're not grateful for what you have, you're never gonna be grateful for what you're going to get. Why? Because it's a spiritual matter. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, that, that made a lot of sense. And I think it's, um, that kind of soul craving or soul cry that David's talking about there, <clears throat> we try to satisfy it with those other things that you talked about, whether yeah. it's addiction or um, materialism, that sort of thing. Um, I don't want you to knock yoga 
too much though no no oh oh um (laughs) (laughs) that was a laugh of realization oh it was it was boots i don't want to derail us but you know what i deserve this you do because i got after that shirt the shirt this is is retaliation long story short um for our listeners we did a little bit of a staff retreat a few months ago and um Yoga was was an optional portion of our time, mm. led by an instructor. Yeah, I did not partake. You did not. I did not. I went on a little hike with some other coworkers, who shall remain nameless. <laughs> but uh, I heard that you did partake in the yoga, and um, actually, you fell asleep <laughs> during said yoga. From what I've. From what the reports... I fell asleep and was straight up snoring. <laughs> That's how the instructor knew I had fallen asleep. Now, just to to balance the humility that that caused me when I woke up and everybody's like looking at me and laughing at me, I would have you know, and Becca, you can affirm this, that our instructor said that falling asleep is one of the highest compliments. Mm. She would have said anything. <laughs> she was just that kind of person. I was who, the one paying for the retreat. Yeah, she, that, that's true. But but she she was also the most encouraging, uplifting person I've ever met. And so was she not? She was incredible. So you could have shout out to Stephanie. Yeah. In the case that you are listening from San Diego, California, shout out to all our San Diegoers. Simplexiters. Simplexiters. Yeah. So all I all I mean by that is she would affirm of what would have encouraged you in any tomfoolery that you would have <laughs> perpetuated. That is so true. But I'm sorry to derail us. I did want to say it because you mentioned yoga. Um, Appreciate you keeping the things balanced here. Boots. I just I got to keep it real, everyone. Real in the field. Yeah. Um. So we've talked a lot about gratitude. We've talked about contentment, satisfaction. Um, that can sound pretty abstract, can sound pretty ethereal. So can we, how do we make the concept of gratitude simple? Yes. Yes. I want to do it in three ways. Oh, uh-huh. You had your list. I got my list. My list is about turkeys. Yours is about gratitude. You think you come prepared? I'm going to up my game. All right. Okay. Yeah. So here we go. Number one. One must know, in our attempt to take this complex matter of gratitude, discontentment, and souls, I want to boil it down to three things. First and foremost, gratitude is not conditional. Hmm. You cannot make gratitude conditional. It can't be conditional on acquiring things. It can't be conditional on your season of life. It can't be conditional on who you're surrounded by. It can't be conditional on the harmony within your home. It can can be be conditional on whether or not you like your occupation and or your workplace. Mm. It can't be conditional about what your bank account reads right now. It cannot be that because the minute that it becomes conditional, I believe it ceases to be authentic gratitude. And then contentment is then hangs in the balance. So let's back up. Gratitude is a state of the soul, and it's the state of the soul when there is an awareness of something. The awareness is you brought nothing in, 
what you currently have is a blessing, is a gift, is a beauty, is to be used, and that you and I deserve nothing. We've been browbeat this whole, in, you know, perpetually, we deserve more and more and more and more and more and more and more, thinking that it's going to make people happier and happier and happier. No, no, no. We're growing increasingly discontent, unhappy, and depressed. So sociologists will say, backing up to what you and I were saying earlier about our refrigerators, our closets, our luxuries, our privileges, we are living in the most privileged, luxurious, and comfort-driven society ever in the history of mankind Mm -hmm. right now. That's you and me. And it's only going to get more luxurious going forward. As technology advances. Absolutely. So we have a lot to look forward to. So sociologists say that's the state of our current generation and society. At the same time, this is heartbreaking, but also very sobering. That at the same time, never has there been a society and generation that has been more depressed, unhappy, and outspoken about their mental unhealth. So, so you would think one would squash the other. No, 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 no. Actually, maybe one causes the other. Hmm. So, so gratitude cannot be conditional on comfort, privilege, socioeconomic status, or materials. It has to be something else. And so the second two, that would be that gratitude is always personal. Meaning that if you do not have someone to attribute your gratitude to, I say it's built on a real faulty foundation and then it will naturally become conditional. Mm -hmm. So for us that follow Jesus, when you consider what James 1 says, that we serve a father of heavenly lights that gives his kids good and perfect gifts. And then we look around and go, everything that I have has been given me from a father who loves me. That causes me to well up with gratitude. Why? Because I look at what I do have, the people that I'm surrounded with, the season of life, even if it's hard, and I can say, I can attribute that to someone Mm -hmm. and know that that someone is perfect and pure in all of his motives. He must have seen something that was needed in me to give this season to me, or he must have really, really loved me to give this thing to me, or he must have really, really loved me to give these people to me, Mm -hmm. that gratitude is always personal because if it's not personal, then it becomes conditional. Does that make sense? It does. And I like how it builds from the first one to the second one in the sense that when you start at your foundation or your baseline of, I'm not entitled to anything. Come on. That's the baseline. Um, So now I get to examine everything in my life from that starting point Yes. And then say, okay, but I do have a family that loves me. Mm. I I do have breath in my lungs. I do have a healthy body. I do have a roof over my head. And then I can take all of those things and exactly what you said, attribute them as gifts from God. Absolutely. I'm not owed anything, but look at what he's given me. Amen. I I think you make the the point that I failed to make. Covered some gaps in there, boy. I don't think so. But but what were you going to say? But what you were saying was, is that gratitude is very intentional. 
Like you have to take account of your life and you have to do the work mm-hmm. of, because if, if gratitude isn't intentional, then it becomes feeling driven. Like, oh, I, I, don't, I don't really feel grateful, so I must not be grateful. No, no, no. Why doesn't one just intentionally sort of survey your life and go, I'm not owed anything, neither am I entitled to anything, so let me start considering everything. Let me start considering what I do have. Like you said, hey, I have a family that loves me. What if people don't? Then you still have a sound mind. You still have breath in your lungs. You still, I'm going to, I'd, I'd love to preach to that person and say, but you have a heavenly father that yep. loves you, yep. that knows everything about you, that wants to be close to you, that you do have today. And today, who knows the possibilities therein? You do have, and you can start filling in blanks left and right, that I believe the intentional really surfaces then a feeling that accompanies it. And so... um, Yeah, because feeling, I feel like it's worth noting that someone, when they survey their circumstances or what what is in their life, the the primary feeling could be a sense of bitterness. Mm. Or it could be anger. Um, it gratitude cannot be feeling dependent. It has to be observational and intentional, like you said. That's really deep. That's good. That's good. You're right because people do feel like an overwhelming bitterness, anger, pessimism, negativity when they survey their life, wherein gratitude is nowhere to be found. You did say that there are three aspects though. So what would the the third one be? All right. I'll I'll give you the last one. So gratitude is not conditional. Gratitude is always personal. But lastly, here's the beauty of it. Gratitude is very transformational. That's a big word. Yeah. It has a lot of syllables in it. It's very transformational, meaning that it, it, it shapes and changes things. Like where you come into contact with people that are really grateful about just many areas of, of their life or or only one area of their life there is something about them that you that you want to be near and hear more of and that you you know are sort of pulled towards that when you come in contact with grateful people they're really pleasant people it's very similar to joyful people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But you cannot be grateful while at the same time complain a lot. Mm. Grateful people are not complainers. Yeah. You can't be around grateful people and they're negative. Uh-uh. No, no. One trumps the other. You can't be around grateful people and they're angry. Grateful becomes the highest virtue. <laughs> no, let's it, compare it. <laughs> let's compare it. There's got to be a survey done out there, a YouTube video. Yeah. Listen, gr- when people are grateful, it becomes the overtone of their life. And then it shapes the relationships that they're in. But when you're ungrateful and where you're discontent, naturally, you become negative, you become complaining, you become pessimistic, you become sort of ill-lensed in your outlook, and it's, it, it, it transforms that. But I just want to argue that when you're grateful, not only is it transformational in your relationships with others and in your outlook on life, but it becomes really transformational in your relationship with the God that created you, that you're grateful towards him, it invokes worship for him, 
It invokes this want and desire to pray and talk to him. Gratitude is very transformational. Mm -hmm. And so I think that when it comes to us pretending to be thankful on Turkey Day, we, we should have a very clear incentive to be grateful because it shapes your whole life, yeah. shapes your whole paradigm and outlook, and it changes you from the inside out. And I would end with this. I believe that when God created us, one of his primary wills for us is that we would be people filled with gratitude. Actually, there's a scripture in 1 Thessalonians 5. Just wrote a book about it. <laughs> Every week we get a How many books do you have? Oh, but this one isn't for you sale. You are a this prolific is... <laughs> author, my friend. <laughs> Hear ya. But first, first Thessalonians 5 has this verse in it where Paul succinctly gives the, the, the reader and the early church this succession of three things. And he says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in all matters give thanks or be filled with gratitude. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. So he said his will is, is that you would be a rejoicing people, a praying people, and a grateful people. Mm -hmm. And I think that he created us not no, knowing, knowing that not only does it spotlight and, and make our lives a neon light that points to him when we are grateful, but it fills our soul with joy and contentment. And so... We should have a real clear incentive when it comes to cultivating gratitude in our life, that yeah. it will change us from the inside out. It's transformational. It's transformational. That's right. And I think we'll have to leave it there, my friend. I think so. But can I just say, I'm grateful for you. <laughs> oh, Boots, you beat me to it. I was going to end this episode by saying that. You're very um, encouraging, and I'm, I'm less encouraging. And a lot of it has to do with the shirts you wear, but that's fair. You're open game and it's open season. Well, but I will say your this. gratitude should not be conditional based off of the shirts I wear. Amen. Amen. So I am very grateful for you. And this Thanksgiving around Turkey Day's Thanksgiving table, I'm going to tell the fam that I'm grateful for you. I'm You're going to be on my list. <laughs> I'm going to have to confirm that with uh, your family to make sure that that's what you tell them. Do so. Hold me accountable. Okay. And I'd like to also say that we're very grateful for our listeners. We certainly are. We, yes. And that, that is a legitimate, authentic Amen. thing. Heartfelt. Uh, we are very grateful for everyone listening. And I hope that you have an amazing, incredible, mm. grateful Thanksgiving Amen. or Turkey Day. Whatever gobble, you want gobble. To call it. gobble, gobble. Gobble, gobble. Um, and if you're grateful for us, <laughs> now you Amen. enjoyed this episode go ahead and follow us wherever you get your podcast follow us on instagram as well at simplexity podcast and don't forget we are on youtube mm. lighthouse church simplexity playlist that's uh lighthouse church channel come on love you guys oh,